0: Trey, we are back, aren't we, man? We're you're, you're back, but more importantly, on the CoTL podcast, you're back. You had like a two episode absence, haven't you?
1: I know. I'm excited to be back. I uh, was really missing it, but I'm sure we can all we can all agree that uh, life school has been has been interesting.
0: Oh, uh, Trey, Trey, we we need that Thanksgiving. Um, we need Thanksgiving for sure. Um, I'm What, you, what are about- your plans? My plans. We're we're gonna sit. Uh, my fam, my sis, my dog, and my parents are gonna chill at home. We're gonna eat turkey. My dog will probably have some turkey. Um, and we're gonna just chill. We're gonna chill. Um, that's it. We're gonna just zone out everyone else, and say, uh, you know, we're we're about to eat. What about you, Trey?
1: I don't know. I I think we have decided that we're gonna do Thanksgiving like at our place this time. Um, most of the time we we travel. But my parents were like, no, we don't want to travel this year. Uh, So I'm very thankful for that. Like, I don't have to get in the car and drive on Thanksgiving. Like, I might just be able to, like, walk downstairs and eat some food. So uh, I'm very excited about that.
0: Yeah, I've never – my family is not big on driving anywhere for the holidays, period. We always have stuff at our place. I've been blessed since I was little. We don't go anywhere. We, We chill out. in our domain don't do anything else so we go somewhere it's by choice it's not by force Um, but Trey it's SEC tournament time for women's soccer and on campus the team has been building up over the season it's been an interesting kind of period for them because they've been in somewhat of a transition because they lost a lot of really good seniors and they brought in a lot of really good freshmen too but it's hard to mesh that together um, especially when you don't have non-conference opponents so they've had they had some bad losses, um, especially opening season with a loss against Georgia was tough. Um, but they wrote – they uh, made sure they ready the ship quickly. And now they're in the semifinals. They're going to face Arkansas, the number one-ranked Razorbacks, uh, who finished the regular season eight and one tonight. Tonight we're doing this on kind of crunch time here, you know, deadline turn. Um, they beat Mizzou last night. Well, it was last night. No, it was two nights ago. Excuse me. Like you said, Trey, school's been crazy. But um, – Let's get started about that match at Mizzou, just to talk about it briefly. What what did you think about it, man?
1: Uh, Well, we were kind of talking um, a little bit beforehand. Gamecocks were able to get out to an early lead. Um, They jumped out to a three-goal lead. And obviously, when you're up by that much, uh, you're not going to be playing the same way as if you would be playing if it was tied 0-0. So South Carolina was able to enjoy that. Um, and I think that, um, might have led to some of these issues, but of course, Missouri was able to make that lead, um, a little bit less comfortable as the game went on. It was a three, two victory for the Gamecocks ultimately. Um, and, and we saw just, uh, as time went on, uh, I think it was, uh, like the defense continued to play well, play up to the standard that Shelly Smith expects them, um, but, they weren't really uh, necessarily turning that into the same opportunities on offense. Uh, they, they weren't taking those good defensive stops and, and switching them into offensive opportunities. And of course, as we said, when you've got a three goal lead, that might not be the first thing on your mind. Uh, but uh, if uh, South Carolina is going to defeat Arkansas and they're going to defeat uh, Vanderbilt or AM uh, that's something they're going to need to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the score definitely played a factor in how they played. And I didn't think about that before you said that. So, you know, it is interesting. I just think that there was so much um, so much of an early lead that they got out to. And it's like you said. And I think when you do have that circumstance, it can drop off. Uh, I The two Mizzou goals, really tough uh, just because – on that second one, I think it was the second one, that player should have never gotten into the box. Uh, in my opinion, you should just tactically foul her. And that was right after Cadbury's goal. So that was, the, so that was when, uh, you know, they had gone up 3-1, and Mizzou said, no, nah, we're not finished. Um, so, you know, again, I think it's been just a very tiring season for them because you played an all-conference season. So you just saw some fatigue last night, I think. Um, you know, you're, you're a later seed. You got there and you've been training, and so I, I feel like there was a bit of fatigue there. I just didn't see players um, running as much and getting, getting forward as much after they got those three goals. Um, but, you know, that, that's not saying anyone was being lazy. I just think it's one of those games where you get into the early lead and things just kind of get comfortable for you inherently. There's no one really to blame there. Um, also, they lost Hallie Meadows pretty early into that game, and then they had to put Talisa uh, Harris at center back, which she can play well. But it is a shakeup, and so you saw that defense struggle to clear the ball at times. But I don't think there were too many offensive chances for Mizzou outside those goals. Do you you, you agree, or am I wrong?
1: Oh, no, uh, I totally agree. And that's the style that Shelly Smith has the foundation of this whole program. I mean, you look at statistic-wise, the Gamecocks are at the top or near the top of pretty much every defensive category um, they don't allow a lot of shots. They don't allow a lot of goals. They don't foul a lot. I mean, they're just very smart. They're very tactical yeah. in the way that they play, and that's very helpful. Um, we've seen though in this SEC tournament specifically a lot of goals being scored, and yeah. that's not just for South Carolina. I mean, that's just across the board, and, and I think that might be a, play into that in terms of fatigue that you might be talking about just the the weird season that we've had playing only conference opponents um, that could play a factor um, as to why we are seeing so many goals. But I think that just further, um, you know, narrows down the point that that's what South Carolina is going to need to focus on if they want to uh, win the SEC tournament this season. And uh, we've seen that all, all season when they've scored a goal, they've won the game. Every single game that they've won, they've scored. The two games that they've lost, they haven't scored. So if you're a coach, you've got to feel really good about that. Like, if we can get a goal, then we're feeling comfortable. Um, Gamecock's got a really early goal from Lauren Chang against Missouri, and I think that helps set their confidence. Um, And and that's what they're going to need to do. Um, And that's what nearly every team has done that has been victorious in this tournament so far is they've gotten an early goal, um, they've, they've gotten out to an early lead and they haven't looked back. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Trey, I just did the math um, while you were talking, and there have been 45 goals scored in this SEC tournament, and that is through the quarterfinals. So you're talking – and you're talking there, – there was a Florida-Kentucky game, six to five, Florida one. You're talking about Mizzou, South Carolina, three to two. And then we're looking at Arkansas-Auburn, four to three. Um, and then Vanderbilt blew out Mississippi State, four to nil. And then they beat Tennessee 4-2 in the next round. So there – and then three games in the second round finished 2-1. So there's been a lot of scoring. And I – you know, the, the question is for Charlie Smith's team, can you make sure your defensive solidity stays? And that's what's tough is because when you have a player like Anna Patton who's played every, like, almost every minute of this season, if not every minute, it's going to get tough. It's going to get tough. It's been a demanding all-conference schedule. There have been no games where you can take players out later on because it's a non-conference game and there's not much at stake. It's been crazy. These players deserve a rest. And so it's kinda like it's kinda like who's gonna be the fittest here. So hopefully Holly Meadows can go tonight. It's been two games. That I don't know what her status is. They don't release that stuff. But that's one of the things we're gonna have to look at and see, well, how's that gonna pan out? Um, offensive wise, let's transition there. Um, we both thought that they could have gotten uh, up the pitch faster and just had some more solid play up front. There were some good moments, but uh, I think Kat Whitehill was on uh, to color a couple nights ago, and she was saying that they just need to break them down. They need to string the passes together. And that's what's going to really exhaust a team. If you can fight through your fatigue and play balls, just defeat and play short passes. Like, there were some times South Carolina did that, and it was perfect. They were, ma- it was basically just like keep away. Mizzou was just chasing balls that. They really shouldn't have been chasing. They probably should have sat back a little more and waited for South Carolina to come on to them, and then they make a mistake and go. Because we're talking about defense fatigue here. If you counterattack and you're really quick and you play three, four passes or even two, three passes, you're down the throat at Heather Hins, who's a pretty good goalkeeper. But still, and this is for any team, any team here, you get easy goals on the counter. I mean, easy is kind of relative, but you know what I mean? It's just, they have, the game box have the skills to do that, though. They have Ron Garris, they have Samantha Chang, they have Lauren Chang, they have Cap Berry. And speaking of this point, I want to see some more the the starters like those players um, come on to the pitch or no stay on the pitch uh, a lot um, a lot more. Um, I you know some of those players might not be starting off the bat in every game, but still you know I like to see that happen more because I feel like uh, for longer stretches of time and and both halves. You could have that happen, and it'd be some really beautiful soccer. But I'm not the coach.
1: Oh, yeah, and uh, you mentioned Cat Berry. I, like, for any of our listeners, if you have not watched a South Carolina women's soccer game, Kat Berry, watching Cat Berry play is, like, something else. She's, like, I mean this in the best way possible, but she's, like, that bully on the schoolyard that was just, like, not not mean about it, but she was just better than everybody else like she was just <clears throat> faster and, no and she's like I've got the ball and I'm gonna score now and, and you can't stop me uh and, and she's, you like were,
0: Zlatan. she's like Zlatan
1: <laughs> yeah Disney. so uh you were making a point earlier that that you'd like to see uh you'd like to see some um more go through her or, or maybe um what what was that point you were trying to make earlier
0: yeah yeah it might have been a little too soccer jargony but- I think that Cat Barry does really well um, holding up the ball. Um, and also, you know, when she gets in the box, like that goal against Mizzou, you know, the defender, um, the commentator, Cat Whitehill said, oh, she, you know, the defender did all the right things there. I think the defender could have done a little bit better. I'm not going to go into that. That was one moment. But um, Kat Berry is just quick. She has the size, turned the defender, and, you know, she scored the near post. So or actually scored, scored at the far post, went across the keeper. So that's actually so much skill to not say, oh, I'm just going to hit it right in front of me at the near post. I'm going to go across. Um, and that's some pretty good smarts there. So what she showed us is that she really, really can be a force in the box. And that's the thing though. I want her to be able to have support though. So when I'm talking about her getting the ball and laying it off and running, I want her to bring more players in the attack. So when she gets it, she touches it. She stunts it. Passes it off. Goes for a run, and everyone else joins with her. So you're not just playing up to her. You're playing to her, and then you're going up with her. So when she doesn't, when when you know she doesn't get the ball in the box, and the defender gets too for her, you can facilitate another phase of the attack. So you can get the ball to her again. I see too often teams across the board have one phase of attack. It just needs to be where you have people ready to contain that ball you have to suffocate the team so when you're the, def- the defender heads the ball out kicks the ball out you're there and you can you know even if it's not to bury you can have a shot you can put it wide again um is great from wide they can play through the center because samantha chang's go through the center and lauren chang as well so i just like to see that more man i like to see them really boss that that final third and have her touch the ball a lot when she's not in the box finishing
1: I know that uh, we'll probably want to get to a break here, but at, I feel like uh, we couldn't talk about the team without giving a shout-out to Heather Hins, who came in um, after Taylor Fox um, was injured early in the season, and they were both um, trying to fill some extremely huge shoes. Um, but uh, both of them have uh, established, you know, kept that – South Carolina defense going, you know, how do you think that's going to help them going forward?
0: It's so tough to fill the shoes of Michaela Krasowski, whoever you are. And, um, showed her stuff, man. She showed her stuff. Um, you know, I, I personally, I said this to Brad Muller, who we both know, I called this, um, and I didn't, I haven't, I'm not going to, I didn't read or rubbed it in Brad's face, but you know, he was talking about the goalkeeper competition early in the season. And I said, I have a, I bet you Taylor Fox are going to start um something about her I just I just, I don't know why she just seemed like she was ready um but yeah I mean Hintz is a great option otherwise I mean heck it's not it's, you know you, you kind of have the best of the world's there so it's good when you have goalkeeper depth um everything like that but yeah I that's all I really have to say about that but Trey let's take a break yeah I, I forgot about that I'm trying to go full steam ahead here so yeah guys take a break be back in a minute
1: Talking some uh, SEC women's soccer, and we've got two semifinal matchups coming up tonight. South Carolina taking on Arkansas, I believe. Arkansas <laughs> at, uh, at seven, and then uh, following that, we've got Tamu, Texas A&M taking on the uh, uh, the underdog, the dark horse Vanderbilt, who upset Tennessee. Uh, so. I mean, anytime South Carolina and Arkansas play, that's going to be a great matchup. They've given us some classics in the past. Uh, what What are you looking for from Arkansas? Uh,
0: you know, I, we, again, Trey, we haven't. None of us have watched a lot of SEC soccer outside of South Carolina. So, you know, disclaimer: we don't we we don't know the teams as much. It's just how it is. Um yeah. but We do know that. Um, Anna Jill has been probably Arkansas's best player on the offense and everything. So, you know, looking for her to have big games um, and everything like that. So it's, Arkansas has been the team this year and it, it, you know, you don't want to bet against the Gamecocks, but it's going to take a lot for them to beat the Razorbacks because the Razorbacks just look so primed for this final. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that's just one of those things where you, you kind of – it's going to be a really good match tonight. Um, it's going to be a really good match tonight. Um, I'm going to be interested of, you know, how Potagell is going to pressure our center backs, what she's going to do, um, how she's going to move around. I'm going to be watching her tonight, seeing what she's doing. And so, you know, maybe when we talk later on, we'll see what happened then. Um, that's kind of that. Um, thank you for making fun of my funny pronunciations of uh, two universities out of the four there. Um, but then we, you know, also we have in the other matchup, uh, Vandy, who uh, lost to the Gamecocks in double overtime. They've come a long way, and I wouldn't put it past a team that has a resurgence or late-season surge to make the final. So it's really interesting. and a lot of cool storylines here. Um, uh, A&M is 8-1 and one on the season in the regular season, and so is Arkansas. So you could have the teams that have been the best, quote-unquote, throughout the regular season make it uh but then you could have Vandy to spoil it and then South Carolina would be caught as a spoiler too but you know it's one of those things where your record I think for South Carolina is less important than how people view your program and people think about the program is very defensively stingy with Shelly Smith so we're gonna have to see you know how much Troy Potagell gets with that I'm gonna look up how many if she scored against the Gamecocks in the regular season match but what are you looking for while I do that
1: oh yeah so uh I that point that you made about Shelly Smith it doesn't really matter what the Gamecocks record is they're going to be respected um going into that matchup And, and it should also be noted that While Arkansas is probably the favorite uh, going into this game, and they're the higher seed, the Gamecocks did beat Arkansas on the road earlier this season. They got a 2-1 victory um, at Arkansas. So um, they are capable of beating um, the Razorbacks. But when you look at uh, both Arkansas and when you look at Texas A&M, as you were speaking about with Cat Berry, you know, South Carolina, you don't want to look one-dimensional. Arkansas and A&M have not looked one-dimensional whatsoever. If you're looking at Arkansas, uh, they've got three players in the top ten when it comes to goals per game. Um, and, and then Texas A&M has two players in the top ten when it comes to goals per game. South Carolina only has one, and, and that's Cat Barry so you are going to get some of those more evenly distributed attacks when you play these teams Um, now south carolina they're extremely good defensively they can handle that they did handle it against arkansas can they do it again though and can they get the offensive support if they need it This branch out.
0: We have a couple of minutes left before we hit our time. But what are we kind of thinking just large scale about the SEC and then women's soccer in general? Um, just kind of the culture of it. Let's end off on that.
1: Well, something that's really interesting is that we're going to have this SEC tournament and then we're going to have a, a couple months of a break. <laughs> so they're not having the NCAA tournament directly after. You know, the the season, uh, obviously, because of COVID, um, teams out west, a lot of conferences out there, including the Pac-12, which, as we know, is extremely important in the, in the women's college soccer scene. Uh, they're not starting until the spring of 21. So the NCAA tournament is uh, slated to begin at the end of next April. College Cup is going to uh, start um, in May of next year. So we're looking at a scenario where you know these teams in the SEC and the ACC they're they're going to play and then uh they're they're going to be waiting and now it's kind of up in the air um how that that's obvious i mean it's obviously going to affect things um and, yeah. and we were talking earlier about how like you know this season for, for college sports at least, in this scenario, I think it would be a good thing to say, like, you can put an asterisk next to this title and say, yeah, the champion, they won it, they're the crown, but it was weird, it was a different kind of season, but you 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 made the point that you didn't really think that, uh like, the NBA or Premier League should have to do that, uh, which which. I- Oh, it was interesting. Can you elaborate a bit more on that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can elaborate on that, Trey. I think it's for, – for those sports standpoints, like, they have so much – they did theirs in more or less kind of one chunk. I know they had breaks, but, you know, it's – they still didn't have as long of a break as this is going to have. So, hopefully these teams to get out and break friendlies. But, again, we're, we're, when we're talking about this, it might, it might be more or less of a waiting game because for this season, they can only pick conference opponents. So, are you going to do a regional thing? Are you going to keep up your, you know, your intensity and your um, training and you know just match playing ability, based on playing teams in South Carolina, the South? You know, what are you going to do? How, how, how do how you make this happen? Like it's 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 based on what we have going on now in the world. How are you going to make that happen where you have actually a steady run of games in the fall? Are we going to do something like men's soccer did? And, you know, like I said, regional stuff maybe. But that's the thing that's so weird is that it's players are, are going to leave. New freshmen might not be able to come. I, it just It just seems so ambiguous right now. And it seems so case by case. So when you're talking about the winter months where no one's playing, and then you're talking about the early spring where you might have people playing, how's that going to work? Because a team can change so much from now. An SEC tournament winner can change so much from now to April.
1: I think that just puts a lot of importance on the upcoming two matches, uh, the end of the SEC tournament. Because like you said, you don't know what things are going to look like um, in April. So because of that, I mean, I guarantee you that is the last thing on Shelly Smith's mind. That's the last thing on any of these players' minds is like the NCAA tournament. This SEC tournament is everything for them now. That was all that the season was, was SEC. So um, I think that puts a lot more uh, emphasis on, on the tournament and it makes it a lot uh, more exciting to watch from a fan perspective, too. I just can't wait tonight to uh, bundle up and hopefully watch Gamecocks get a victory over Arndon.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, it sounds like a good sounds like a good plan for our Thursday night. Anyways, Trey, how do you feel about um, showing everyone on the Instagram next Thursday in a week? For now, Thanksgiving is actually a week away. Bless God. Um, we should show everyone our plates. What's going down on our plates? How we're getting that sorted out? That'd be a great idea, don't you think?
1: That that would be good. I feel like every anytime you post a plate pick, you're automatically subject to being judged. Like that's just part of like, like people will roast you. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'll be good. If I have a week to prepare for that, then I should be good emotional. <laughs> so.
0: We're going to have to really have some thick skin come next Thursday.